good day welcome back welcome back okay so i hope you enjoyed the last episode um it was very what can i say very um (laughs) vivid whilst recalling it back i remember it like it was yesterday it was actually very interesting to recall it especially remembering the pain i was experiencing um before giving birth yeah I, I remember that pain um but anyway yes yeah, so here's part two so let's continue so where i left off i was talking about the fact that i had just basically come down from the epidural and all that it was all wearing off and because of that like i couldn't even think about the fact that i just gave birth my body was trying to deal with what was happening um oh and i forgot to add they'd actually given me a vitamin k tablet and I'd, they'd put it under my tongue and they said it's to help with the fact that I just had the epidural so it was after having that um vitamin k under my tongue that I started um shaking involuntary involuntarily and um so my husband was with baby Abigail and <laughs> I just remember trying to recover feeling really shaky and all that and I remember my husband literally just walking out storming out of the room out of frustration so I'm like what's going on (laughs) so basically while I was there trying to recover um because they believed that she that Abigail could have ingested some um meconium some poo they were trying to give her antibiotics and they did that by trying to put a cannula cannula in her hand so they were trying to stick a needle in her hand and then insert the cannula etc etc but this um was it a midwife or a doctor it was someone was trying to consultant I think I don't know it was someone was trying to inject her hand and they kept missing um the vein so I think they tried it about three or four times and my husband got very vexed obviously his newborn's there his first child his daughter and they're injecting her like she's a, a toy and they're saying whoops whoops we didn't get it whoops we didn't get it and she's screaming because she's being injected with needles and they're doing it again and again because they can't get it in so he was like look what are you doing to my child and i remember he stormed out and i was just like what's going on um and he was like call a doctor call someone else like i'm not having this and so they he walked out um and i think my mum might have been there at the time and she went out to go and like see if he was okay or something and Um, a doctor came in and as the doctor came in he did it once and got the um, needle in her hand straight away and obviously that was very frustrating to witness because it's like are you lot like do you work with babies normally or you don't because (laughs) what's going on um so anyway they put antibiotics in the cannula um which they were gonna i think they were gonna put in every six hours or 12 hours um into her hand and I, at the time, I remember someone brought Abigail over for a feed and I was struggling to hold her because I was shaking so much and I felt so cold um, and I couldn't eat. And I remember I hadn't eaten. When they put me on the drip, they said I couldn't eat and they said I couldn't go to the toilet as well. So I was feeling really hungry, but I couldn't eat. And the whole time before giving birth, I just wanted to eat and they said I couldn't eat. Um, and then after giving birth I didn't even want to eat like I was like I can't eat anything and they were like you need to eat you need to get some strength you haven't really slept you haven't really eaten you know and I was like I cannot eat like I can't I can't express you like I can't eat right now and I'm shaking like 
this is horrible. And honestly, that was probably the one of the worst parts of the labour experience, um, labour and delivery experience. Obviously, the, the extreme pain I felt was one thing, but then to experience this after, and I'd never been told about it, so it was very surprising to me. Like, it was unexpected, and I was I was just shaking, and, oh, it was horrible. Um, So I remember, I think my mum bought me some food, like a jack potato or something, and I, I tried, I did try to eat, and it wouldn't. I couldn't even put it in my mouth, like, it was just horrible, um, and I remember just saying, I can't, I just want to stop shaking, I just want to stop shaking, like, it was, again, it felt like mental warfare, because it was like, in my mind, I know I'm not shaking my body, but my body's shaking, and no one told me about this, I couldn't even prepare for it, I can't hold my baby, I can't eat, like, this is horrible, um, and then, <laughs> the next thing, the same Dr. Chi that was telling me, oh, if you really care about the baby, you would um, be induced because you don't want stillbirth and all that. She returned and um, she came to do like final checks. And um, she said to the midwife, has she, has she torn? And she's like, no, no tearing at all. And she's like, let me check. And she came and checked and she said, yes, there's a tear. And the midwife said, no, that's not a tear, that's just blood. She said, no, that's a tear. She's torn. And she's saying, look, this is not a tear. So this midwife and this doctor, she were there arguing. And they argued for a while. And she said, look, I'm not happy to sew her up for nothing that's there. And this doctor said, well, I'll do it then. And she proceeded to give me, I think, one stitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if she was trying to prove something or she had, like, an ego problem. But she gave me one stitch. Um... And was like, oh, it's only mine now. So if I think it's a tear, I might as well just sew it up or something like that. So I had all that going on as well. It just felt like people were trying it, you know. So anyway, um, I'm trying to remember what else. Um, so after giving birth now, um, they put me in a ward downstairs with some other mums. <laughs> oh my gosh. This was another experience of life. So um, I was put in a ward next to a mum who was on her fourth child and this happened to be her fourth caesarean as well. Um, so I remember they came into her room and they were like, look, no more children. We told you last year, no more, no more. You need to stop now. And she was like, yes, yes, I stop, I stop. And they were like, no, you need to stop. Fourth caesarean is too much. You can't have another one. Da, da, da. She said, yes, yes, okay, okay, okay. And guys, it was such an experience being in in the ward next to this lady because Abigail when she was born she was so peaceful so all that excitement she showed in my room where she was jumping up and down when she came out of my room this girl was chilled okay she was so relaxed so quiet so peaceful like she didn't even babble she was silent and she slept um and I remember my first night in the hospital she slept through the night and I was just up watching her like obviously they, they gave me a bed um, and they had her in the cot, but I, I couldn't sleep with her in the cot, because I just felt like, I don't want anyone to come in and steal the baby, like, I'm staying awake, and to the point where I eventually took her out of the cot and put her in the bed with me, um, and obviously hospital beds, the single ones are very small, so, again, I was awake thinking, I don't want her to roll off the bed, I don't want her to fall out of my arms, so I just stayed awake staring at her, um, and she slept through the night, however, the baby in the ward next to me, didn't sleep through the night he was crying screaming 
and this mother to comfort her to comfort her son she would be like she would say something i'm gonna reiterate what she'd say she'd go bash 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 that's that was her comforting the baby and she'd be shouting bash 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 4 a.m 1 a.m 5 a.m 2 a.m bash 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 guys i'm telling you even if i wanted to sleep i don't think i would have been able to because of this bash 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 that was happening in the background it was so annoying and she was doing it so loud everything that she did was loud like she'd watch the tv and it'd be loud um and then i remember it was silent in the whole ward the whole ward was silent and it was about 5 a.m now and i think her son had just settled down and next minute you hear an alarm going off and it's like an uh, indian song or i don't know if it was an indian prayer or some i think it was someone praying um um and it was loud and it just kept going on and on she didn't wake up and i was just there like what do i do because i was laying with abigail in my arms if i got up i'd wake abigail up like i don't know how to tell the woman can you turn off your alarm like it was 5 a.m it was finally silent and there was this loud going on making her hair the other mother's huffing and puffing like oh this is a joke like ah and you could tell no one knew what to do um yeah it was very very interesting yeah and what was also horrible is they didn't let my husband stay overnight in the labourhood. i really hated that um and i was really quite um what's the word i felt resentful at the time that a hospital would allow a mother first time mother to give birth and not allow her husband or partner or whatever to stay overnight they must know that a mother's not going to get much sleep knowing that they're in a room with a baby like do you know what i mean like it just felt like really out of order like they really don't care or think about the mothers at all um and i remember just longing for eight o'clock to come so that my husband could come and be with me and the baby um, but I was really happy that he was actually going to be able to sleep though because, like I said, he had been awake from Monday. I gave birth on Tuesday morning and it was now Tuesday evening going on to Wednesday morning and he'd been awake, I'd been awake. Um, so it was it was an experience to say the least. Um, and yeah, just the whole experience in itself was an experience and... Although my story was very good, like I didn't have any complaints or anything major or any horror stories apart from the itching of my, my hands and feet um, and the quote-unquote early labour um, and my water's breaking, etc. There was nothing horrific about it. However, one thing that I discovered was that basically I shared with you guys in another episode prior that um, when my daughter was five months, I got pregnant again with our son and... It was only when I was attending appointments for him um, that I actually found that they induced me with Abigail. So when they said to me, oh, we're going to put you on a drip um, to help in, uh, encourage contractions, they were actually inducing me but never told me, never asked me, never warned me or anything. And it didn't cross my mind that that was the um, induction because they told me that they would um, induce me in a different way. They said that they would they would do it in a completely different way. Um, 
method so when they put me on the drip I didn't I didn't even think oh they're inducing me and the fact they never said oh we're going to induce you I, ne- I never crossed my mind and I remember I was like I went to an appointment for my son <clears throat> and they were like oh you were induced on your last pregnancy and I said no 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 they were going to at 37 weeks and I said no and they said no 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 in your notes here it says you were induced during labor and I was like no I was not induced they said yes right here they showed me the notes they said um you weren't contracting so they said they're gonna induce you I said no they said they're gonna put me on a drip to encourage contractions and the lady was like yes that's an induction and I was like what what and I was looked at my husband like is that what they did to me they didn't tell me and obviously it makes sense why they didn't tell me because they knew I'd refused it so many times before and they didn't want me to refuse it again so they just did it without me knowing and I was just so hurt I just thought how can a hospital how can human beings do that to someone when they've said they don't want to be induced and you know when you kind of put puzzles to to pieces to a puzzle together and you realize oh so that's why this happened and that's why this happened that's why this happened and for me that I realized that's why the pain was so inhumane like I remember I read a a leaflet whilst pregnant with my son my first son and it said um induction versus natural labor and it said um when you are induced it's much more painful than natural labor um people say that natural labor is bearable whereas induction can be quite unbearable and I said to my husband look see this is what I was experiencing this inhumane pain and that's what was making me feel like I was going crazy because the pain, when I'm thinking the pain was so much that I was like, I can't, like who could who could bear this? Is there even a human out there that could bear such a pain? Um, and it all started to make sense. And I remember I felt so hurt. I, wanted, I think I cried. I don't remember. But I remember I wanted to cry because I felt so betrayed by the NHS. I just felt like, wow, you guys induced me after I specifically said it out of my mouth, I don't want to be induced. And apparently it was my choice, but you took that choice from me by not telling me. And then I went through an epidural that I didn't have to go through if you don't listen to me. And yeah, it just felt like a big disrespect and betrayal. Um, And I was even more determined not to have any kind of intervention or pain relief for the second pregnancy that I was having because I was like if induced labor is painful to the point where people say it's it's not it's it's an in, unnatural pain then I want to just go through it naturally please like if people have been doing this before epidural existed then I can definitely do it and my husband kept saying Robs people did this before you know before there was any kind of medical intervention so you're built for this you know like this is God's got you and it was like yeah of course like that makes sense you know um but yeah it it was a it was a lot of things realizing that and um yeah I like I said I was determined to to obviously I had to forgive these lot because I literally felt like my heart was hurt by them and I had to forgive those midwives that that were there at that time um but like I said, I was determined to go through the next pregnancies and all the other pregnancies I had um, naturally and without any kind of pain relief. So um, I went on the hunt for a birthing centre so that I wouldn't have to experience that hospital ever again. Um, I actually gave birth at Newham Hospital, for those who would like to know. And honestly, if you work there, I apologise. Um, but I wouldn't recommend the hospital. 
and I feel like it's my duty of care <laughs> to say to you lot I don't recommend it because of the fact that I'm not the only mother who's experienced Nuem and has said that it's not great so I feel like I should if you're ever in area and you're pregnant and you're going to labour don't go to Nuem hospital okay just putting it out there <laughs> um so yeah so after that experience I was like no I don't want to go to Nuem hospital anymore I'm done and yeah I like I said Abigail was seven pounds and half an ounce she was a big girl um and yeah she like um I think we stayed in hospital for two nights yeah two nights I believe um because they had to check her blood and make sure there was no meconium in her blood and she hadn't ingested it once we got the results back they said oh you can go home which was such a pleasure because staying those two nights without my husband was just a lot of things and the second night he stayed till as long as he could like the first night was like yeah you have to leave you have to leave the second night we were like look let's just try and escape being seen by these people please stay and I remember I think he managed to stay until 2am um and then a midwife said no you have to leave sir you have to leave and he left about 2am and then came back at 8am so it wasn't too bad um but yeah the 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 process of getting to that point of leaving the hospital for like a trial and a half. Um, but we got through it. We got through it. And I wasn't deterred by the labour experience. Um, obviously, if I managed to conceive in five months after that, you know, I was not deterred at all. Um, but yeah, that's the end of my story for our first child. The pregnancy labor and delivery um i will be back next week by god's grace to share with you the pregnancy labor and delivery story of our second child um and yeah we can discuss further please if you have any feedback please feel free to contact me um you can get me on not just mum not just mum club on instagram on facebook um on instagram i'm also can, i can also be found as under mrs i can win um no spaces one word and also on facebook robbie you can win um please connect please do give me some feedback um i do love hearing the feedback from you guys um just to know that it's encouraging someone um is a joy i'm grateful to know that so please do connect not just mom club on Instagram and Facebook, Mrs. I Can Win on Instagram, Robbie Can Win on Facebook. Um, I look forward to hearing from you, and please do. There's like a button on. If you're listening on Anchor, there's a button where you can clap. Please add some claps if you are liking the podcast so far. And um, feedback. Let me know what your favorite episode is so far, and you can feel free to let me know anything you want to hear in the future on future podcasts. All right, hope you have a blessed week. Good night and God bless.